What's up, guys? Bit of a hiatus, but I was back. I threw out a pod last week to talk about the Kyrie trade real quick, but uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Going to obviously talk about the Kyrie Irving trade today, our last couple of days, and then uh, he has, makes his debut tonight with the Mavericks. Going to talk about LeBron passing the all-time scoring record, pass, surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, that was quite an accomplishment. We're going to talk about the trade deadline, OG Ananubi, and uh, players missing games and how much is it really affecting the league. And to join me today is Matea Mayorga from uh, Five Reasons Sports. What's up, man? I am doing well. Happy to be here. Here, How are you? Good, man. Um, I want to jump right into it. Let's get going. Uh, I want to talk about the big deal for Kyrie Irving. Uh, the Mavs traded for him from the Nets. Uh, originally, I thought it was Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and a first-round pick. And then the next morning, it came out that they also gave up two additional second-round picks. I know they're second-round picks, but still, it's it's assets. And if you hit on those guys, it's always something. But um, I, I made a pod the other day giving my quick opinion about it. So we'll start with you first. What was your reaction to the Kyrie tra- First of all, of him asking for a trade from the Nets. And what was your reaction when he got traded to the Mavs in such a quick turnaround, to be honest? Go ahead. Well, I might start with one of the latter questions. You know, I think someone's got to have some nerve to, you know, put up such a stink in the workplace and then (laughs) make a request like this when it really took them out of contention. They were pretty much just waiting for Kevin Durant to get back. He was injured in early January in Miami when Jimmy Butler fell into his leg. They were just supposed to tread water until then and they for the most part were and then he does this it's very selfish on his part I'm I'm sorry if you hear my dog in the background but to my understanding my man the um the reason he wanted to skip town is because of principal differences quote unquote according to the athletic with the Brooklyn Nets and what a surprise that this news breaks a couple of months after they imposed six requirements for him to get back to the court after he promotes anti-Semitic propaganda on his social media platform. Those six requirements were issuing a sincere apology, which he has since taken down since he got to Dallas, Uh, donations, of course, sensitivity training, completing anti-Semitic and anti-hate training as well, with meeting with reps from the Anti-Defamation League and and the Jewish community leaders too. But the last one was a sit down with the owner, Joe Sy, to assess everything. But apparently it's ticked him off that he's been held accountable. And just speaking on the danger of what he did, it's unfortunate that, you know, just because you're a famous person, people will listen to you. And that's a lot what happens in in society today. And, you know, as, as recently as January 2020 or 2021, it was either one of these years, the FBI of the Justice Department reported that the uh, Jewish community is the most targeted religious uh, group in the country. So he could have done some terrible damage. Right now, he's Dallas's problem. Speaking of how a good Brooklyn did, they did awesome considering Kyrie didn't want to be there. Getting two I role- agree. Absolutely, man. Getting two role players, two second rounders, and a, a first round pick that's unprotected, which is huge because Dallas will not get any compensation in 2028, 2029 the year of that pick, it will belong to the Brooklyn Nets. Does this mean they can contend? It really is up to Kevin Durant if he's, you know, if he looks at it and says it ain't no thing. But if not, if he doesn't think so, he might have to explore maybe trading him because uh, the team might be in a different t- on a different timeline. But the, the lastly on this point, the Dallas Mavericks, how much better are they? I still got them as a 
second round exit, man. They gave up good players to get Kyrie. I know this takes the stress off Luca, but they still have holes defending and they lost two good offensive players. Dorian Finney-Smith could get you 12 points with running play for him and is a good screener and Dinwiddie could overpower smaller guards at the point of attack. He's These were some good players they gave up. This was a very risky gamble. Yeah, and look, I was I mentioned the other day when I released a quick pod, um, Dorian Finney-Smith, look, he's not a sexy player, but he's a, a player that every single team in the NBA would take. He plays a, he plays good D, shoots the three. He's just an ultimate team player. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was having a really good year this year. He was a throw. I mean, they were he was basically a throw-in for the Kristaps trade, and he's turned out to be pretty good for them. So those are two solid players for a basketball team. So when you lose those guys, and those guys worked really well around Luka, that's another thing. You don't know where you're going to get Kyrie. But to throw in an unprotected first and two seconds as well, uh, plus two really good basketball players for a guy who might or might not resign. My, my, my hedge right now is he's probably not going to resign. Um, why just for half a season? We'll see. I mean, okay. So Dallas gets cap space. I've been saying who, who have they signed in the last 10 years? Uh, that's been noticeable with all the cap space they've had. Uh, they can't really land anyone. They have no state tax either, which is always a benefit for them, but they don't resign anyone. And those are assets they lose in the future to make Luca happy in the end. Uh, from that standpoint, I don't know why the Mavs gave up so much to get Kyrie. I know now they can say they have arguably the best backcourt in the NBA, but this is still Kyrie, the most unpredictable player probably in league history. So that that's that's what I got out of this whole trade. You know, man, going league history stretches back. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, but it's up you know, there. Some There's some tainted ground there, but, you know, the, where the Mavs really messed up is – Last year, they had multiple opportunities to extend Jalen Brunson, and they did not do that. I, I understand that, you know, the Knicks, you know, hired his father to the coaching staff. You know, maybe there was something going on there. Maybe he was always going to go, but it doesn't doesn't seem, from my perspective, they did right by him because he was worth so much more on the open market, clearly, and he was having an all-star-like season this year. And they, they did give away too much, you know, to the point of, you know, who they signed. That point is pretty much accurate you know the only the, off the off rip the biggest name i can remember them signing in free agency was uh deandre jordan when he was good but the clippers when uh, mark cuban and the mavs came to his house for signing the clippers didn't let deandre jordan answer the front door yeah that was uh that was when they had the, the famous meme tweet uh competition <laughs> i remember that yeah it was funny so um, yeah the mavs really you know screwed this up starting last year and now they have to really move all their chips to the table to see if they can get back as far as the conference finals, which was last season's success. Yeah. And, and I'll say it again, man. Like those are, those are really good assets to to give up for, for maybe a guy for half a season. And then let's say they don't resign Kyrie. That's less significant capital. They have to make Luca happy in the future. So it's definitely a big gamble. Now if he resigns, um, then it was a decent trade, I guess, but you still, you still don't know what you're going to get from Kyrie. Um, and those Laker rumors are always going to be there till he resigns. So no, I think uh, the, the real quick, the biggest risk you run with this, apart from, you know, Kyrie just bolting because he's a free agent is Lucas starting to look at the front office. Like, you know, I can't trust y'all to put a good team around me. They are very lucky that he's at the beginning of his extension. Like he he's going to be there for a long time and he, they don't have to honor a trade request if they feel like, if they don't feel like it, but you know, that's just a risk they run. Just yeah. Trust. Well said, man. Any, uh, Kyrie makes his debut tonight with the Mavericks. I think he's going to play the full load. I, I wouldn't be surprised. If he plays 30, 35 minutes tonight. 
Um, any expectations from him in his first game? You think he's going to do well? And number two, do you think he's going to really be on his quote unquote best behavior the rest of the season? Well, well, here's the thing. Kyrie's a serious baller, man. When games are very important, he shows up. His first playoff game, I believe he scored like 30 points or 27 points around there. He he shows up for big games, and I think that there will be a, a focused effort by the Mavericks to try to get him settled into the offense. I think we'll see more of Luka, the playmaker, tonight. Or yeah. um, When they blitz him at the top of the key, he'll definitely be looking to find the closest shooter. Maybe it'll be Kyrie. Kyrie is someone that's in theory, it should help him out a lot because Luca's usage rate this year is um, at historic levels. I know there's been some players like Russell Westbrook and I think LeBron in 2007 who had higher usages than Luca this year, but you really waste a player when you force him to do too much. LeBron and the Cavaliers were swept that season. I know that the team did not compare to the, the San Antonio Spurs, but Russell Westbrook's um, 2017 Thunder lost in five games to the or to the Houston Rockets of James Harden. And truthfully, I thought before that series started, when they matched up together, I thought it could maybe go six or seven games. And, and I thought it and I thought Houston would obviously win it, but I thought Oklahoma City would be more competitive. And we saw a gas Russell. I know he put up numbers, but this style of play is not conducive to winning late in the season. Yeah, well said. Um Speaking of uh, LeBron James, uh, he obviously surpassed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar last night for the best scorer in NBA history. Um, I stayed up late to watch that game because I wanted to watch history. A uh, really cool moment uh, when I started getting into sports. LeBron was the first athlete that I really got to watch play. So it was pretty cool to see that. Um, what was your takeaway from last night, LeBron surpassing Kareem for the all-time scoring leader? Well... <sighs> He already passed Kareem for the all-time points. Well, the way I count it is playoff and regular season. If, if you count both of those, he passed him in February of 2022. It kind of went under the radar. Um, I know Fox and some others reported it, but you know it didn't really generate a bunch of buzz on Twitter like this one. I know the regular season, just regular season is what um, – the NBA ladder is or uses or whatever, but it was, it was awesome because I've, I've been watching LeBron for over a decade, man. I, he was watching him in Miami is what really taught me the game because him, Dwayne and Chris Bosh being so good, you know, made basketball look so easy and the way they broke down schemes, it was just, it made it easy to learn. But last night, man, it, it showed that he, he really could have been leading the league and scoring many more times because this is a dude at 38 years old and in his 20th season Kareem was not that physically dominant at that age I think he was or not, not that age in his 20th season I want to say for it because Kareem came in after playing um three years at school but LeBron he was cooking in his bag you, you know he's rolling when he's hitting his outside jump shot I, I believe his uh two his first two baskets were triples one at the top of the key and one on the wing but he was spectacular I thought it was very cool to see a fadeaway um, on the elbow to, over Kenrich Williams. Now Kenrich Williams is immortalized as the dude who had the shot over him hit by LeBron. But <laughs> it was really cool to see history, man, because, you know, I'm not sure I'll ever see someone pass that one because they were they were talking about it on the broadcast after the show. You really need to average 25 a game for 20 years. And I know he did miss some time because of injuries, but – those will eventually get to everybody. But the coolest part was when Kareem handed him the ball. That was like him signifying this is the new keeper of the grail. So 
Yeah. That was pretty cool. And, and you said it best. I put out a tweet earlier. I said, I don't think anyone's ever going to surpass this record simply because of ju- not just the greatness of how good LeBron is for, for the last 20 years of being consistently elite, but it, also his health has been incredible, man, in his run. Um, he's never had a season-ending injury. Well, been out the whole season. I know he's had maybe one. But uh, other than that, man, he's, been, he's virtually been like an alien. He just stays healthy and plays an elite level every night. So... And in the in the scoring, he's going to play for at least another at least another three or four years of a pretty high level, I would say. So I think that scoring title record might be there for a long, long, long time. So with that said, do you th- you do you honestly believe no one will ever surpass that? You know, it, it's tough. You got serious ballers like Luca and Giannis. You know, Steph is and KD are too far along in their careers. If Luca and Giannis don't break down, those two would be my best bet. But this is a longevity prize as well as a, uh, as well as it, well as much as it says about your skill because you really are an Iron Man. And what we're seeing uh, today in, in today's game, and I know we're going to touch on it more on the show, is guys aren't playing a full season or you know high into the seventies anymore. Like they used to back in the day. And, you know, a lot of teams do that because they want to rest players for later, but you know, you're, you're taking guys off the court, you're taking away opportunities for them. So I, I don't think so. I think, you know, LeBron's one in a billion. Yeah. Well said. And, and um, I, I would say that the only one that had a legitimate shot would be KD right now, but he gets hurt way too much and misses a lot of the season. So, um unfortunately for that reason the health is a big concern otherwise if you stayed healthy for the next you know five to ten years i think there's a legitimate chance you could have done it but it's at this point you're right he's it's a little too late in his career and the guys like Giannis, yeah they have a great but how how elite are they going to keep up with that and, and their health is also always a major concern with that kind of historic stats so it's definitely gonna be interesting to see for sure um let's get to uh some other news in the nba uh that is the trade deadline is tomorrow and it ends at five o'clock i believe eastern time uh we're gonna see a lot of noise from tonight until tomorrow i think midnight we're gonna have two big trades uh i i know that russell westbrook is probably gonna be on the move um there's some talk there's some chatter that d'angelo russell might be there but let's first talk about og ananubi i feel like he's quote-unquote, the biggest name on the market that's really gettable. Um, I'm seeing reports like the Memphis Grizzlies are, are potentially throwing up uh, three first-round picks and some salary fillers and Danny Green and Dylan Brooks, something like that. Um, I want to talk about OG Ananobi because, don't get me wrong, I think he's a really good player, but I do not think he's worth three first-round picks or, you know, quote-unquote, giving up the house to get. Um, what is your reaction to a lot of the noise being around OG and the the amount of equity it might take to get him? Well, you say gettable, but if this um, price is true of three first-round picks, these are like some ball-breaking prices. It's it's not reasonable for anybody to pay that. You know, I've been of the opinion for a long time that if you give up even two first-round picks, you better put yourself into contention. And it doesn't strike me that a lot of the teams who are interested in doing such a move, like I know Miami would probably like to get them, I don't, they probably would not give up three first round picks to my understanding. It would not put them over the hump. OG Ananobi is a solid two-way player. 
there there are not 10 dudes in this league who guard the opposing team's best perimeter offensive player and still give you 15 points on the other end. OG Ananobi is one of those guys. However, he's scoring the ball only effective from zero to three feet and beyond the three-point line. He doesn't have a mid-range game. And, you know, you, you need that in the playoffs to win. Defense, of course, is very important. I am, I'm not sleeping on that. That is part of what wins championships. But when you're asking for three first-round picks and you obviously need to include players here because you need to match some salary, this is too high. Somebody's got to call Masai Ujiri's bluff. <laughs> um, I agree. Look, I... I'm seeing a lot of Heat Nation on Twitter clamping for this guy. I think that is a lot to give up for. Uh, and, and you're right. I do agree that both ways of the ball, he's pretty damn good, and it's hard to find someone better. But um, to give up all that for a guy whose mid-range is questionable and and, and has obviously some uh, lingering factors, it's it's a lot, man. Um, I don't think – I truly don't believe he's he's a third guy in a championship team. I think he's more of a fourth option. But that's just me. But if if he, if if Musai Ujiri gets three first round picks for OG, um, he deserves another extension right away because that would be incredible. You know the the thing about be, some uh, someone being a first, second, or third option, I think it's really dependent on the series because I, I think back to the bubble, Goran Dragic en route to the NBA Finals before he got hurt. You can make an argument he was the best offensive player maybe against Milwaukee mm-hmm. or, or maybe he, so it, it really is dependent on matchups but OG Ananobi what I really like about him at six foot seven he really looks like a, a college level linebacker he is a very muscular player and he's got quick feet and it helps his strength helps him stop the ball outside and because he is six seven with long arms he can defend multiple positions I see why there is the interest in my boss made this point at early in the season um, when there was, you know, more but or when the uh, buzz started to kick up again about OG being unhappy that, you know, there are very few players in the league that embody the heat DNA and OG and Anobi fits that descriptions. But again, three first rounders is an insane price. The market is inflated because of what happened in the summer with the Gobert and the individual trades. And you can make, I for sure make the case. One of them was not worth that much. Yeah. I I said that earlier in the pod too, about uh, how the Rudy Gobert trade really screwed up a lot of things for a lot of teams. Uh, Real quick, you know, the um the Cleveland Cavaliers may have overpaid. Look at Laurie Markin, and he looks like a stud. I I guarantee you, if they knew he was gonna pop off like that, they maybe you know try to <laughs> one fewer first round pick in the deal. Yeah, of course. Um, but shows why Danny Ainge is one of the best at what he does. He's he's fantastic. Uh, he's always gonna get what he wants, and um, yeah. that Laurie Markin trade has been great for them. Uh, he's an All Star this year. Uh, he's he's having a hell of a year. Um, but in, in, in your point to, and what your boss said earlier about OG Ananubi, I completely agree. He does have the DNA, but just because someone has the DNA for your team doesn't mean you overpay to get someone. Um, the market. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you, if we're talking maybe two first round picks and then they take back the Robinson contract, uh, we could start talking, but I think it's going to take a lot. And I ultimately believe that the Grizzlies are going to get him. Um, I don't want to play hypothetical here. We could, we could see tomorrow. Uh, what what ultimately happens after five o'clock? But um, is there any other name out there that 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 interests you? Not just for the Heat, but just in general that could help a lot of teams that you might like. That's really, in your opinion, gettable. 
Well, I think these three dudes are gettable um, tomorrow. Fred Van Vliet, mm-hmm. he's going to be a free agent, and he is looking for another deal. He is someone who is excellent on and off the ball, and he, and he stretches out the defense because he's a very good three-point shooter. Now, another one from the same team, and, and it's not OG Ananobi either, is uh, Gary Trent Jr. He yes. is someone who everyone knows. It's, it's no secret. He is gettable. He has a player option at the end of this year. That's what makes it a little bit murkier with him he could choose to terminate his deal and just hit the market again this summer. He is a, he's a good player, man. He, he signed a 52 or 54 million, uh, three year, de- uh, three year deal. Uh, I think this is his second year of it, but um, he can t- terminate it after this summer, but he's averaging 18 a game and he's can be an explosive player from three point range on and off, uh, off the bench and in a starting role, not so much starting, but, but off the bench, he's, pretty good but another name is Jakob Pertl from the San Antonio Spurs this is a very yeah. skilled I like that he's got post moves and they allow him to you know run the offense through him because he can overpower players with his back to the basket or he can maneuver around them with some finesse you can run dribble handoff action or have him be the main scorer at the elbow at first uh, earlier in the year the Spurs were you know leaking it out that they want two first round picks that is super high for someone like Jakob Pertl I have a gut feeling that they end up settling for one and, uh, you know, some salary matching. Yeah. Um, I've said it all along. I don't know if he will get him, but I think he's going to be moved to him. I'm looking at a couple of guys from Charlotte. I think Plumlee and PJ Washington could help a lot of teams. Uh, I think, I believe PJ Washington's a free agent at the end of the year. So I think they're going to try to get something for him. Um, I also like, Plumley, I think he plays hard. Look, he's not the greatest player in the world, but I think he's a solid player for a playoff team who gives you energy and solid defense and can score a little bit. Um, let me ask you a question. I, I A guy who I think could help a lot of teams, there's reports that they said they're going to keep him. I don't know if I believe that because the franchise could use a lot of picks in return, but do you believe Kyle Kuzma will be on the Wizards tomorrow? Ooh, that is tough. You know, he is someone that should get – a very solid raise and well-deserved. It really, it's all about if how hard, how much hardball the Wizards are going to play at negotiation because when you're a free agent, teams really do not want to give up the house. That's why what the Dallas Mavericks did is, you know, so like eye-raising because it's just so risky. Now with, with Kyle Kuzma, he probably will not be back and they know it so you know, I'm going to lean with he will probably be moved. Yeah. Um, I think he can help a lot of teams. I think the price is going to be very high for him. We'll see what happens. But, uh, look, I think we should talk about the inevitable. Um, I think he's going to be moved tomorrow, just a matter of to where. And that's Russell Westbrook. If I were the Lakers, I would keep him and just eat the rest of that contract and not give up assets to get rid of him. I think he's been solid. Honestly, I think he has a chance to win six men of the year. He's really not been playing bad off the bench. Um, I don't know why they're so so quick to to move him. I know they had last year, but he basically they don't owe him anything after the season's over and you don't have to give up anything. Cause I do believe that they're probably gonna have to give up one of their first to to move him. So with that said, what do you think Russell Westbrook will be moved tomorrow? You know, uh about an hour before the show, you know, Twitter is kind of like on the fritz. Maybe Elon hasn't paid the bills, but I did get to see a tweet that said that uh, three teams are working on a deal, Utah, Minnesota, and the Lakers. This deal would send 
uh, Russell Westbrook to Utah, where he would probably eventually get bought out and they would yeah. get one of the Lakers' first round picks. I think it's kind of crazy to give up a first round pick when he's going to be a free agent this summer. Exactly. It's, so, it's so funny how you mentioned that he's one of the top six men because on, on most sports books, he is like in the top three to win that award. He's having a very good season off the bench and he's probably extended his career by at least a few more years in this new role. But I do not think he will be on the Lakers tomorrow. LeBron uh, had a recent sit down with Michael Wilbon. That was <laughs> so crazy. He was upset about the Lakers failing to get a player in a trade. And this type of stuff wrecks the locker room. You know, some people have made a fuss about, you know, how AD was sitting on the bench when LeBron hit the the basket that gave him the, the all-time record and, and people were hating on AD for it. Well, you know, you, you got your leader, you know, doing unleader-like things and hurting morale. You know, R Russell Westbrook is a guy that respect means a whole lot to him. I still think he is a very good player. He may not be the guy who even averaged a triple-double as recently as the 2020-2021 season for Washington. It was the fourth time in his career he did it. But I think he can still play some very good basketball. And if he were to get bought out, you know, uh, the fan in me would hope that the Miami Heat would get him off a buyout. Um, I think he serves well now. I think he gets a really bad rep because of the season he had last year. I think it's unfair. I also just think the amount of disrespect this guy has had for one of the most historical seasons a couple of years ago. He's 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 our first battle hall of fame in my book. I, I just don't understand why he gets so much hate. But uh in terms of business, if the Lakers give him a first for a guy who's gonna be on half of your contract left, I think that would be the most ludicrous move ever, considering they need all the assets they can get, to be honest with you. Um there's some chatter that the, he might he might go to Minnesota for D'Angelo Russell. Um, we'll see what happens. But um, there is one trade I posted on Twitter, uh, Mateo, and I got a lot of reaction towards it. Uh, and that was basically Kyle Lowry, Jovic, um, I forgot who the other one was, and uh, and, and a second-round pick. And in return, they get Olenek, Vanderbilt, and Mike Conley from Utah. I think they might have to give a little bit more, but – Along the lines of those type of players, I would love that kind of deal uh, if Miami can get it. What do you think about that one? Did you say first rounder and Jovic? Um, I could pull up the trade for you right now as we speak, but the players I had mentioned when I bring it up, it's Vanderbilt, Olenek, and Mike Conley. And in right. return, they would get – one second, let me pull that up for you. Um, let's see if I can find it here. Um, well – Let's talk about those players for a second while I pull up. What do you think about those three caliber players? Do you think they that would be good for the Heat? I I, I like Vanderbilt and Olenek. You know, Mike Conley may be a little bit too past the hill. I think you might encounter some of the same problems you you have with Kyle Lowry. The, what gives me pause with Olenek is it. I can't get over giving up an asset for someone you traded away. He was part of the <laughs> deal to, to grab Victor Oladipo from the Houston Rockets. And Oladipo is slowly but surely his, his health has gotten together and he's been a very good player for the heat this year off the bench but Vanderbilt is the name that interests me the most there if they could make a deal happen without giving up Jovic and a first round pick I would probably be for it the reason I I am hell-bent on keeping those guys is because the heat don't have that many assets going forward like I know they got th three but one of, it's, some of it's dependent on you know the protections that Oklahoma City has on one of ours, but you need to keep these picks because you need to ensure that there is, you know, cheap labor 
around Bam Adebayo so you don't have to overspend on the free agent market. Nikola Jokic, excuse me, Nikola Jovic, not the, the MVP yeah. Jokic here in Denver. Excuse me. I think everyone understands. Yeah. In, um, in, my, in my wildest dreams, he turns into, you know, the modern version of Andre Korlenko, formerly <laughs> He's a guy who's got great feel for the game on the offensive end and defensively a work in progress, but the length is there that gives it great potential. I, I might have to veto this one, my man. Yeah, no worries. Um, one guy that uh, is getting a lot of noise. Um, I just had him in my head. I can't think of it now. Unbelievable. Uh, oh, D'Angelo Russell. I truly, I think he's 100% gone tomorrow. I don't know to what team, but uh, he's been playing some decent ball recently. He's been putting up some numbers, but uh, I just don't know how I feel about him as ultimately just being a team player and stuff. But what do you? What's your opinion on D'Angelo Russell and potentially him being gone from the Timberwolves? You know, I think he's come a long way from his very stupid mistake of recording Nick Young and ruining his marriage. Or <laughs> was he was he engaged at the time? You know, ruining his relationship. I, I should say mm -hmm. he did make an All Star team, and it was in the 2018 season or 2019. One of these uh, seasons for the, the Brooklyn Nets. The man can play. He hasn't been nearly as good since he doesn't get inside the lane as often anymore. But there are moments where he can get hot. A couple. Um, I think one one of these games against the Denver Nuggets, I don't think it was the last one. I think it was the night before, um, the one prior over in Minnesota. I think he played very well. He is someone that is a good player. It's not going to, you know, whoever gets him, push him over the top. I know the Lakers are exploring getting him back, but, you know, I'm not so sure how much it helps you, man. You, you, you're getting a good player back, but you're also losing Russell Westbrook. If you're telling me this opens up the offense a whole lot more so AD and LeBron have more space and it makes their lives a whole lot easier, then sure, go for it. But I don't think so. Yeah, and I remember we, we're both on the same page about first-round picks, man. I think their goal, like, just and, – and it seems like some teams are just willing to throw them out there for nothing. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I would just keep Russell Westbrook. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's a move to be made out there that's going to win in the title. If they would have got Kyrie, I actually would have gave him a chance to make the finals. But I don't think there's one realistic single move out there that's going to win in the title. And for that, I'd rather just keep Russell Westbrook and call it a day. You know the thing about the first round picks, unless you are a team as stacked as the Milwaukee Bucks or the Celtics or even the Denver Nuggets right now, those are the only ones who can afford to be, you know, laissez-faire with the pick throw one out in a trade when, you know, it's down the line. But other teams that, you know, aren't as, you know, well-prepared or don't have the depth shouldn't, you know, get into that game, you know, especially with the market so inflated. Yeah. And uh, look, there's a, there's obviously a lot of other trade candidates. I'm just going to throw out a couple of names like Eric Gordon, Jay Crowder, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who I believe is going to help a lot of teams. I think he's going to get moved tomorrow. Alex Caruso, uh, those type of guys. Um, there's also reports that the Warriors are looking to move Moses Moody and package him with James Wiseman for a player. Let's see what I would be a little surprised if they did that, considering, you know, the Warriors, you know, <laughs> team is getting older and you want to keep their young assets. What's What do you quickly think about the Warriors potentially moving on from the second overall pick in Wiseman and Moody to, to, to package for a player. You know, I would hate this for them, but I saw a report earlier that it said it would save them like a hundred million dollars down the line. And mm -hmm. here's the thing, their owner, Joe Lacob did a sit down with Tim Kawakami of the athletic right before the season started. And he said, the way the team is constructed, they can't afford to pay the bill this upcoming summer. It's over 500 million if they keep it intact. And 
Lacob's a billionaire with money, but he he is not on like you know the the higher end of you know the an ownership money compared to someone like Steve Ballmer. So it's it's unfortunate because they drafted him with the second overall pick, and he didn't play much in college. I think uh, like a handful of games or something like that. And here's the thing: a, a big man does not develop on a guard or a forward's timeline. These are bigger players, and he's a young man who didn't have much experience at the amateur level. So He's been learning a lot of basketball as a pro and while waiting for his body to, you know, turn into a man's body. He has great potential. I think he is a great athlete. I think he will turn into a 20 and 10 player for somebody someday. You know, this kind of reminds me of Jermaine O'Neal. You know, when he first got into the league, he wasn't playing too much in Portland. His he It started working out for him when he got in other places like Indiana or, but you know, so everyone's journey is different sometimes you know um the team that drafted you doesn't have you know the right things going on for you yeah i think honestly i think wiseman was put it on a little bit of unfair position on a win now team i think he would i think he would greatly benefit just from a change of scenery and a, and a team honestly that believes in him more than the warriors do um he's not playing virtually any minutes uh, they just don't trust him i think i agree with you i think he'd be a really good player in this league uh, I think he just needs a legitimate chance to play. Um, the guy was a number two pick for a reason. I think people throwing in the towel this early on him, he hasn't even had a chance to play yet, so we'll give him some time. So I agree with you on that. Um, as far as Moody, he's shown a lot of potential, but, uh, I mean, if they, look, the way I see it is Bob Myers is free agent in the air. He really has nothing to lose because uh, he's going to get a job somewhere. So, But to, to capitalize really on this last run of the Warriors, I think they're going to probably try to go all in a little bit and, and get one more impactful player. We'll see who that will be. Um, before we move on, man, one more question about a player I have. I really like him. I just wanted your opinion on him, and I actually think he's going to get moved. I personally don't know why the Nuggets are so uh, invested in trying to get this guy moved, but I'm a huge believer in Bones Highland. But why do you think they want to get rid of him, and do you think he has a lot of potential? Because I love him as a player. The reason they want to move him is, you know, desperation to hold the Larry O'Brien trophy for the first time. Bones Highland is a uh, player with great potential. I love his speed. He's got great, a great handle. He has long range on his shot. He doesn't take advantage of the mid range at all. Uh, against drop coverage, he prefers to attack the shot blocker. And sometimes it works, but sometimes the shot is just too tough for him against a much taller player with longer arms. His decision making at times isn't, you know, where it should be. And he is someone that opposing offenses have targeted when he's playing defense but he's a young player I don't even think he's bones is 22 years old guys that age when they have already showed so much promise mm -hmm. should not be given up on I, I think he had over 20 points this year and at least over 20 games he, mm -hmm. he he's someone who can ball I remember um, and what, what, back when Nikola Jokic had uh, yes Jokic of course had COVID back in yeah. November in a game against the Dallas Mavericks without the two-time reigning MVP Bones Highland stunted and really took the game over late. He is a very uh, fun player to watch. He's a really nice guy too. I think a lot of what you people have been like rumor the rumors of him um, and Jamal Murray not being like. Uh, I'm trying to find the word, you know, being at odds with each other. I, I don't think it's true. I think it's, you know, overblown. I, I personally would like to have Bones Island on my team. That's what I was going to say. I think um, 
if I was targeting a player, if I were the Miami Heat, a guy who's under contract for a couple more years on a rookie deal and uh, someone who has a lot of potential, I, I would love to have Bowen Thailand as the point guard of the future for this team. I think he does a lot of stuff well. I think uh, with the, the history of the Heat development, I think they can turn him into a really nice player. I think he can be an all-star guard. I really do. Uh, I watch a lot of Bones. I know he has a lot of uh, raw and he makes a lot of mistakes, as you mentioned earlier. But, uh, you know, when you show flashes of brilliance at, at such a young age, I think uh, a lot of teams would be foolish to give that up. But, hey, you're right. They want to capitalize on Jokic. I mean, he's obviously an unbelievable player. Uh, they got a win now team. So, I, I, I mean, I get it from their standpoint. But uh, – for teams like the Heat and, and other teams, I think uh, they should seriously consider doing it. You know, on the point about him being a, a point guard for the Heat, for him to be the starting point guard of the Heat, either him or Tyler Hero would need to turn into, a, you know, someone who cannot be hunted down. Uh-huh. But I agree here, with that. Yep. Here's the thing. When you are that young, you, you should get some rope. It takes time for you to develop into the player an organization wants you, you to be, man. This is a league run by veterans. They're the ones winning at the end of the year. So it's un- I think it's very unwise for people to sell stock on young guys like Bones or even young bigs like James Wiseman, who are only 21, 20, 20, I think he may, I don't even think he's 22 yet either. But mm-hmm. they got a lot of potential and, Again, this is the Nuggets are desperate. They know they can get a good player, um, maybe from a team that is looking to be a seller at uh, at the trade deadline and return for Bones Highland. That could yeah. maybe. It's kind of crazy, Mateo. Like uh, when I was first watching the NBA, like 10, 10 years ago, even five years ago, the GMs with patience of players are way more high back then than it is now. It's like if you're not successful in two years and don't show any promise, it's like boom, you're gone. You're, we're, we're giving to another team. I don't understand that logic at all. And you're right. Players have different times. They they get better, and then to to give up on a young player like that is is it's it's I don't know, man. Especially if such high draft capital in the Warriors, I think would be a mistake. But hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. Um, let's get to a, a conversation that we're both passionate about, uh, and that is players missing games and how it's affecting the league. We're gonna take a little bit of time to talk about that. So, um, look. The perfect example is Kawhi Leonard. He's been doing it for years, and and the, and the theory behind it is, well, I want to rest my body not only just for the playoffs, so I can get one more big contract and not hurt myself in the future. Um, and for people, for like the average Joe, like you and me, you know, two three hundred bucks for a basketball game is a lot of money. And for families, you know, low income families, that's a lot of money to take. You know, potentially spending three or four hundred bucks to take your yourself and your kid to a game and then you see for example lebron james sit that night completely unfair for the for the family completely unfair for the game of basketball and i think it's a real problem i think the nba has to step in and do something um so one what is your opinion on the whole missing games and and quote-unquote load management and two do you think there's any way the nba could fix this problem well this hasn't affected the bottom line yet but this is a massive problem that could potentially balloon into something worse. You know, for the most part, I think when guys are missing games, they got a legitimate excuse for it. What is unacceptable is when you go to see a game on TV or you go to the arena and someone like Donovan Mitchell took the night off because of rest. This happened to me when I I bought a ticket to go see the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team I cover for uh, King James Gospel for Fansided when the Cavs came to town. 
he had just scored like 71 points against the Bulls less than a week, less than a week ago, man. And he took the night off because of rest and Cleveland played fairly well that game. Maybe if they had a little more, they could have beat Denver that night. But here's the thing. I, I say again, the league's got a huge problem and, and I think guys have a reason for it. But let me just read you off some numbers, man. In 1996-1997, that was the first year that the NBA's stats page started tracking uh, games logged for on-court labor. 80 guys played 80 games that year. In 1999, which was the lockout year, 80 guys played a full season. Now, in 2015, we start to see a dip. Uh that season, 53 guys logged at least 80. In 2018, 2019, it was only 55 guys. And last season, in 2021, 2022, only 13 guys played 80 games and only five played a full season. So, you know, eventually, if this keeps up, the worst case scenario is people just turn off the TVs or wherever they're watching on streaming and say, you know what? I'll just seriously just start watching until the playoffs. This this is not cool. I, I really have no idea why the players aren't as durable as before when they have all of the uh, technological advancements of modern medicine. They fly charter now as opposed to commercial. They have better shoes. They stay in better hotels. They eat better food. So there is really, you know... Well, I'm not, I shouldn't say there's no reason for it. Obviously, there is a reason why this is happening, but it's very strange why some potential theories of mine, I, I hate to speculate, but, you know, the reason I brought up those latter years, you know, COVID changed the world in 2020. And, you know, there's already been a bunch of research that shows that some people still show the effects of the virus even weeks to months after having it with, after having the virus without testing positive for it at that moment. It could also be as uh, Tim Grover, the, the former renowned trainer of Michael Jordan and Dwayne Wade has said that guys aren't practicing enough with weights like back in the day. There's too much cable and stuff. It's not building, you know, the resistance. Well, well the, the lifting with guys not lifting enough weights, they're not building, you know, the durability and activating you know the things in your body that make you stronger the, what i understood from listening to tim grover is that lifting weights basically make you superhuman and make you like an approximation of wolverine someone that heals so much quicker but really the, the missing games is insane and the last thing i want to say on that i called the league office to see if if they're looking into the matter as to why so many guys are not present and i did not hear back from them on that yeah um, I think it's a problem. The one suggestion I've heard, uh, and I, and I, it's really more for the fans and than in the NBA, but well, two things, number one, why don't, why isn't there an incentive in, in the league for, for players? Like, look, you got to play 60 games or you get half your pay, something like that. Or unless you have a legitimate injury, something like that. Why can't we put games, actually the amount of games you have to play for you to get a certain amount of money. Do you think ultimately it could go there? You know, I think the incentives started because teams noticed that some of their marquee guys or their, you know, new free agent signings who they, you know, coveted aren't as durable and, you know, as a way to, you know, m motivate them to pass the minimum level threshold. It really is unfortunate that 
it has gotten to that point. And, you know, reading um, the book, The Breaks of the Game I, I, um, by David Halberstrom, I, I'm drawing a blank on who said this, but some some prominent figure in the book said that the guaranteed contracts ruined the game because players just take too much for granted. You know, that's kind of extreme to say, you know, guaranteed contracts are, are a good thing. You know, the players should be protected, but it, it's unfair that in some instances, you guys, you got guys who take advantage of it. And it's like, you know, the people call it load management. It's like negligent mismanagement. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a, a conversation to have in the future. And for the fans, I think the one awesome thing that should happen would be, for example, let's say, for example, in your case, you want to see Donovan Mitchell. He doesn't play for the night. They should instantly give half that money back as a refund uh, because obviously a lot of people go to watch a certain player. Like if you're going to a Warriors game, you're going to watch Steph. Or if you're going to a uh, Nuggets game, you're going to watch Jogic. If you're going to a Bucks game or a Bucks come to town, I should say, and Giannis sits out, you should get half your money back because that's the main reason why most people want to go. They want to watch the best players in the league play. Uh, what do you think about that suggestion? You know, you can I, – I really like, love how you said that because – it is so unfair. Tickets are so high. You know, think about this. You're a family of four. If you want to sit in the 100 or the 200 section, yeah, that is like, that could be, you know, half of your biweekly paycheck or perhaps even more, perhaps all of it. And obviously it's not wise to use all of your paycheck, but maybe you saved up a lot of it and it's the equivalent of it. And you wanted to give your family a good time. And what do you know? one of the marquee guys who you were talking about all the, on the car ride over there isn't going to play, you know, back when, um, in the heat, one of their recent games, a child and his sister flew from Argentina over 4,000 miles to watch Jimmy Butler play. And he did not, he, he got to meet Gabe Vincent that night. And the next day the heat invited the kid to the uh, facility and he got to meet Jimmy Butler. That was some first class business, but you know, put yourself in the kid's shoes. There was a moment in that game where he was heartbroken. And, you know, that's not fair. You know, when, when teams do that, they want to, when they want to, they really want to play that game. Like they're trying to send the message to the league, like they should lower the games played. I know Steve Kerr mentioned it in one of his press conferences when he sat to get his main guys against Cleveland. You know, I wish fans by the thousands would start requesting their money back and start making a huge fuss. Perhaps they are, and I'm I'm just unaware, but make a more scandalous, you know, request for your money back because this this is really unacceptable and it really puts your, the thumb down on the on the little guy. People who go to a lot of people who go to these games will never be rich. Yeah. Uh 100% agree. It, it, it's definitely uh, something that the NBA needs to discuss, the commissioner needs to discuss because let's be honest man, there's no league without the fans and fans are important and everyone wants to watch their product but you know, if you don't do your fans right, you're doing yourself a disservice for the league and for the fans man. And I agree, it's a lot of money. Not everyone's a rich basketball player. It's 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 $400 is a lot of money man for a lot of people. So uh, they got they got to figure out something in that in that regard. But um, any last words on this on this part? You know what's really sinister about that? When you started seeing it get uh, get out of hand a few years back, you started seeing guys get rested on national TV games. You best believe that the league's partners had a say 
and pretty much bullied the league into, into saying or to telling the players you won't do it on national TV. But it's a shame they got to do it on games that are only broadcasted on the league pass, you know, or do it when they're traveling on the road when perhaps like let's say it's a, a western conference team going to an eastern conference city you're only going to see them once a year in person it's completely unfair yeah and, you know honestly man if there is proof that uh a team failed to put a player on the injury report within proper uh time the player should get zeros on his on on the stat line have it affect his average i, I guarantee you players won't do it if whenever they rest they, it affects their game averages because that'll affect their money. Yeah, 100% agree. Let's quickly end the in the pod on uh, some trade rumors that I'm seeing here, and we can talk quickly talk about what the Heat should do and then address their needs. Um, look, there's a report by Bleacher Report and Shams that the Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves are discussing a three-team trade involving D'Angelo, Russell, Westbrook, and Mike Conley. So D'Lo would go to L.A., Westbrook would go to the Jazz, along with a first-round pick and Conley to the Timberwolves, and the Lakers would also give up a first-round pick in that. So basically, the Lakers would give up Westbrook on a first. They'd receive D'Lo, like we talked about earlier, and Westbrook would instantly be bought out by the Jazz, they're saying, and Conley would be on the Timberwolves. What do you think about all that? That's a lot of action for marginal improvement, man. Yeah. I cannot get over attaching a first round pick to get rid of Russell Westbrook. I know like let, let's 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 let me pump the brakes here. If you were getting someone like OG Ananobi back, you know, maybe I'd change my opinion, but D'Angelo Russell is someone who is not a very good defensive player. Personally, I would put him in I would force the switch and hunt him down every time until the Minnesota whatever team he's playing on yeah. force adjustment. The Lakers are really in a tough spot because Starting a few years back after they won the championship, Rob Palenka started changing the makeup of the team immediately. They were they went from being a defensive first squad, and I I realized that after the two well in the 2020-2021 year when AD and LeBron got hurt, they were still a very good uh, defensive squad for the regular season. But it was kind of fool's gold by the time it got to the playoffs. And in fairness, they they weren't whole. AD wasn't there, and LeBron was hurt, but. They haven't had a lot of those key guys like Kuzma. He developed into someone who is a serviceable defender. Alex Caruso is now someone who the Chicago Bulls are dangling for two first-round picks. Ludicrous. <laughs> what he's going for. So, you know, the Lakers put themselves in this mess. I think that trade is on, is not worth it, by the way. Yeah. Um. Quickly on the Heat, dude. Yeah. If I'm the Heat, man, I would take Russell Westbrook and a first-round pick. Are you kidding me? I, 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 don't, I don't care. I'll take Westbrook and bring him off the bench and then – you have four first-round picks uh, for, dare I say, in the potential summer of potentially maybe bringing Carl Anthony Towns from the Timberwolves over to play with. But regardless of that, four first-round picks in the summer would be a lot uh, of draft capital to uh, to de- to potentially move. But mm-hmm. uh, if the opportunity presents itself, would you take Westbrook in a first? I think you would. Man, I absolutely would. It's a damn shame that the wrong LA team is is interested in Kyle Lowry. Uh, the uh, according to reports, the LA Clippers, in part because of, you know Kawhi's chemistry and friendship with Kyle Lowry being a part of the 2019 championship Raptors, are interested in getting him. I have no idea apart from that what they see in Kyle Lowry because I say this in fairness to him, age has got him, but he's not a very good player anymore. He should not be starting, and one of the main reasons why he he has for most of the season, I. I think is because of his contract. You know, G- Gabe Vincent was 
playing pretty poor very early on in the season, but in the last month and a half, he's played a lot better. Kyle Lowry, you know, man, I really pays me to say this because last year as a starter of the Miami Heat, that was when you look at all the uh, the numbers historically for the for the club, it was one of their best seasons ever, and he was the starting point guard for them. That means something. He they took a gamble going after him and they lost, but I would it would be great for the Heat to get someone like Westbrook. I don't I'm not sure if playing the starting role is best suited for him now, but definitely help the Heat off the bench. Yeah. Um quick one on this quickly. Um I don't think the Heat are gonna make a major move, but I will say I think the Heat do need to address getting a solid backup big or someone appear next to Bam as a band aid. Uh, I would love to have Pottle, but I think he's going to be a little bit too much for the Heat's price. Uh, but I've been saying this for a while, man. I would love to see P.J. Washington at the right price, or I'd like to see maybe a uh, Jared Vanderbilt, a guy like that, um, someone who can immediately help you and not give up too much to get. Uh, what would you like to see this team do as far as position-wise or maybe a player you'd like to see them acquire realistically? Person, the the latter two you mentioned Vanderbilt and um, oh, damn I, I can't believe it. I just drew a blank who, who was he I'm sorry oh PJ, PJ yeah those guys those those guys would be seamless fits you know perhaps Washington is the more attainable one he, as a teammate of Tyler Heroes at Kentucky, at, um, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. he he's got the chemistry with him I would like to see those guys I'm not sure if it'll happen but the Heat need someone to fill out the power rotation spot. Caleb Martin has been serviceable, but he is someone because of his play style, he needs to get out and run. He would be the perfect, you know, backup forward. But as of this moment, unless the Heat can find a a deal that does not include one of their first round picks, they are stuck with developing Nikola Jovic. And I have high hopes for that man because of his high IQ, good uh, the, his feel for the game, and you know his his measurables. He's six nine with long arms. And, I agree. And on the floor with the ball, that he is going to be a difference maker for the Heat someday. But you know the Heat are in a tough spot right now. I, I kind of compare it to purgatory. I mentioned that in one of my columns like six weeks ago. But th- this this year, man, may not be it for the Heat. I agree. I think I honestly believe if they can get maybe another asset for taking out Westbrook, another first somewhere and use those, they have to obviously work with the thunder to clear up another first round pick, but they could have four first round picks in the summer. I think that's a better time to negotiate and make a big trade than it is now, because I don't see many players really coming to this team. That's going to make an immediate impact to get them to a finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the East is just a juggernaut this year um, with the bucks and the Celtics playing the way they are. Uh, oh. I think, let, let's see how much money the Heat have because uh, the, the, best, them in, yeah. um, the best contract in the league, in my opinion, is Denver's Bruce Brown. He signed a two-year deal with an opt-out after this season. and He's not making over uh, he's over $6.6 million in either of these years. He is the best contract in the league because he can you can play him at three positions. He can guard three of them. And he's also one who can score without running a play for him. He's just so active attacking the, the hoop and is moving around the perimeter. Someone like him. I know he's only six, four and most fans of the team do not want an undersized power forward, but he is someone who guards up. He is someone who is very strong and a former UM player. Yeah. I was just about to say former Kane, man. Uh, and I agree. He's up there. He's one of the best. Con- he's great. He's the ultimate team. Like kind of like Dorian Finney-Smith. 
there's not a team in the NBA that wouldn't take him on on his on your team. Uh, he does just about everything right. Um, Mateo, we're gonna have you back probably Sunday this weekend to talk about all the trades that have happened. Uh, it's my favorite time of the year tomorrow trade deadline. You, I really believe you can change your whole season with just one move. Uh, we've seen it before. I'm also excited to watch the Kyrie Irving debut tonight. See how he does, but uh, I can't wait to watch some of the moves that are gonna happen. I, I bet you by midnight there's gonna be two immediate impactful moves, and then. Tomorrow, the deadline, I think we'll see one more big move happen. But uh, overall, I'm just curious to see what the Celtics are going to do, what uh, the Bucks are going to do, what these real contenders are going to do, and then and what teams are willing to give up as far as young players to get guys. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Any last words? Yeah, man. You know, good point about somebody making a, a trade that could potentially push them over the top. You know, if you, if you already have the right construction and you get the right role player, it certainly will, like – I think back to a few seasons ago at uh, before the trade deadline, the Heat acquired Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder from the Memphis Grizzlies for yeah. and give up Justice Winslow. I, I forgot what else was it was in the deal, but that helped them get to the NBA Finals in two and I believe in like uh, midway through the 2011-2012 season, the Heat traded for Shane Battier, got back to the finals and won. So getting the right role player will do wonders for a team. Yeah. Um, and I think before we end, every fan needs to, or every fan from their fan base needs to understand, you don't need to get a superstar to, uh, to make the finals in the trade deadline. Like a couple of really solid, solid role players, uh, can really help your team. We've seen it in the past. Um, so we're just gonna have to wait and see, but it's one of my favorite times of the year. And, uh, let's try to talk about this on Sunday. Absolutely, man. Awesome, man. Thanks for coming on like always and, uh, have a good one. Amen.